0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Verse two says, So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. I thought that was important. Who is, who needs to be sitting under the word of God? Everybody that can hear with understanding. That's men, women, and whatever age your children are, at whatever age they can hear and
0: understand, they need to be sitting under the Word of God. The Word of God is vital in the life of every believer. It's not something you need to squeeze into your schedule if possible. It needs to be the top priority in your day. That may mean waking up early so you can start your day out with the life-giving time of study and prayer or dedicating a time later in the day to get alone and focus on that time with God. As Pastor Bill will emphasize in today's message, this isn't something you can neglect. This isn't something you can neglect if you want a healthy relationship with your Savior. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8 as he begins his message, Revival Through the Word.
1: Nehemiah was a man that had a burden from the Lord for his people, the people of Israel, uh, Jerusalem in particular, where the walls had been torn down Um, as they came back from 70 years of captivity in Babylon. They came back into the land and the walls were torn down. And when he heard about it, he was burdened. His burden led him to prayer. Prayer led to open doors and provisions. And many miracles took place where Nehemiah was given permission from the king to go He was given provisions for the king for the journey and for the materials to rebuild the wall. He was given protection from enemies as he had to travel through many different lands. And then he assembled the people that he had. It wasn't a large number, but the the people that were there, he assembled them together and they had great unity. And miraculously, in 52 days, with all the warfare and all the attacks, the walls were rebuilt. And so we ended last week, chapter seven, with the walls being built. Now that the physical structure is up and the walls are built and we saw they started to take care of their homes last week. We're going to see now that God turns his attention to the spiritual work that needs to happen. It's almost as though the walls were necessary that we can get to the greater work, the spiritual work of rebuilding these people that They've been 70 years in captivity. They've been away from God for a long time. They've been away from the word of God. Therefore, they haven't been obedient to the word of God for a long time. And so in chapter eight, uh, we're going to see that God revives the hearts of his people as they get back to his word. And so I was thinking about what we're going through right now with. Uh, the coronavirus and many people being home and not being at work, uh, you know, churches not being able to gather in, you know, in the way that we normally do. And for some people, this is, it's a bummer, you know, we want to gather, we want to come together, but I, I just want to encourage you that what we're going to see tonight is the important work that God did was as they were united and obedient to the word as they received it. And rather it's you in your couch at home or wherever you may be. If you're taking in the word of God and and it's letting it have its effect, its impact on your life. Rather, we're gathering all together, which we look forward to doing as soon as they let us. Right. Or you're just at home with your family doing this. God can revive your heart and God can bring about transformation in your life. So let's look at Nehemiah chapter eight starting at verse one, it says, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So again, they haven't had access to the word of God. They've been away from the word of God and the, the the call is made for them to bring on down the law of God that they they need to get back to the word. But I wanted to note something I thought was important. It says now all the people gather together as one man in the open square. And A trend that I see in scripture is that God many times does works of revival when his people are in unison, when they've gathered together. According to his purpose, when they've they've gathered together around the Lord, around the things of God, it seems that that's when God does miraculous things. If you guys remember in the book of Acts, God had promised the Holy Spirit to come and and empower believers to be witnesses. But, you know, when he came, it was when they were all together and of one heart and of one accord in prayer. That's the moment God decided to pour out his spirit. And in this case here, they're all together. They're They're united. Um, They just they're fresh off of a miracle of God rebuilding the wall in 52 days. And so they're gathered together around the the Lord um, fresh off of a miracle. And the first thing that's told, it says they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded. So let me say this about Ezra. As much as Nehemiah had been responsible for building the walls, Ezra was uh, the scribe. Ezra was also the priest. He was the man responsible for having the temple rebuilt, and he was responsible for returning God's people back to proper worship. And so Nehemiah did his work. Ezra is also doing his work. When it says that Ezra was a scribe, it meant that he was someone that copied the Bible by hand. Um, So back then they had scrolls. He was one that wrote it out by hand. It was a meticulous You know, tedious job, but that was the kind of man that Ezra was. He had devoted himself to this and he was also a godly priest. And so the call went to Ezra to bring the word of God and he's going to do so. Verse two says, so Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. I thought that was important. Who is? Who needs to be sitting under the word of God? Everybody that can hear with understanding. And that's men, women, and whatever age your children are, at whatever age they can hear and understand, they need to be sitting under the word of God. And so I would encourage those of us that are in our families, in our households, that are raising kids, you know, that we would take in the word for ourselves so that we can also share it with our kids, but also just making sure that as adults are taking in the word, make sure your kids are getting poured into. Make sure they're getting taught the word of God, that they're getting at, at their level. They're they're hearing what they can understand. And as your kids grow, you'll see that their ability to comprehend grows and you want to just keep feeding them at their level. And so uh, I just thought that was interesting. There was everyone who could hear and understand. So if your kids can hear and understand the word of God, they ought to be in worship. They ought to be in Bible study somewhere, children's ministry, kids classes, youth group, something where the word of God is being sown into their hearts and lies. And mom and dad should be there as well, taking it in with the adults. Verse three says, then he read from it on the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men. And the women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Um, When it says that he read it from morning until midday, this is about six hours. Um, So for you guys that think, you know, your preacher goes, I know some church services go long for no good reason. I've I've uh, I've I've been in church. I've seen church go long. Uh, You know, uh, there's a I've seen a little comedy bit on this and it was a it's almost like a talent show, a step show, a poetry show, you know, a a choir show, a step show, a walking in show. And, you know, then a little bitty sermonette and you get to go on your way or whatever. And so, you know, that's not what's happening here. This is about six hours of him just reading the word of God and giving them the word of God, reading it to them. They had not heard it. They've been they've been away from it for so long. It's just being read out to them for six hours and they and they were taking it. They were they were glad to receive it. Notice it says that they were attentive to the book of the law. Now, some people think, man, I, you know, I, I have a hard time focusing when I get into the time, my time in the word. Um, how come they were able to be attentive for so long? I find this, that we can be attentive to whatever we want to be attentive to. Um, if, if you're into sports, you could be attentive to a basketball game for two hours and then going to overtime, you still got enough attention span to follow in the overtime with, with great attention. You know, um, we want to develop this appetite for God's word that there's, we're attentive. We're not just doing it out of, um, you know, constraint or because we feel like we're supposed to, but that we would be attentive, that we would, we, our hearts would genuinely be there. These people were there for, a long reading of the word, six hours roundabout, and they were attentive the whole time. It says, um, again, it says the ears of all the people were attentive to the law. Uh, so the first thing I wrote down and, and when we get to the end of the message, I'm going to lay out several things that they th- that revival brought about in these people's hearts. The first one we see right here that they were attentive to the word. If, if there's going to be spiritual revival brought about in your life and in my life through God's word, First, we gotta, as we're hearing the word, there's gotta be a sense of, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm not just having it in the background. I'm attentive to it. Uh, I would encourage you when you do devotions that there not be stuff going on in the background. Um, we do the Bible reading. We read through the Bible every year. Um, I would discourage you from listening to it while doing something else at, you know, you want to set aside time where you're just attentive to this one thing. For that and I'm just attentive to the word. Even right now, we're not able to be in church. So many of you guys are taking in Bible studies and streaming sermons at home. And I would encourage you in the times that you set aside to do it, be attentive. You know, shut everything down, shut the room down, and just sit down and, and do this um, alone. Just take it in the word of God. They were attentive to the word. That was the first thing that we saw. Verses four and five now. It says, So Ezra the scribe stood. On the platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at his right hand, now I'm gonna do my best with these guys' names. These are all of, uh, these are all of Ezra's homeboys that are, they served with him. It was Mathatiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijah, Hilkiah, Messiah, and at his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem. Hash, Badana, Zechariah and Meshulam. That was all right. These are the guys that served alongside with Ezra. Later on, they're going to they're actually going to go help him break the people into small groups and help them understand the word that they're hearing. So these guys all have an important role here. Verse five. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Now, there was, um, if you're gonna write, if you're writing down the the, the responses to the Word of God, the, the second thing you can see here is there was a reverence for the Word of God. They stood up. No one told them. It wasn't like some of you guys, some of our churches, uh, when it's time to, for the scripture reading, they say stand up for the reading of the Word. You know, to give reverence to God's Word. No one told them to do it. Um, When the word was opened up and it began to be be read, the people just stood up. That was their orientation. But uh, for them, it was a matter of being reverent to the word of God. Now, I believe for us reverence to the word of God, it could be in that you stand when it's read. I don't think it's as important that you stand when it's read or sits when it's read. I don't think that's as important as The heart that does what it commands us to do. If you stand up when the word of God is read in church and walk out and don't do what it says, you are not reverencing the word of God. If you sit down when the word of God is read, but you get up and live it out, that's reverencing the word of God. So I believe that's what we want to take away. They they had a they reverence the word of God. They valued it. And there was a reverence for that. They stood up when it was being read. They didn't treat it like some. Regular thing. This wasn't some regular book. They understood that as he read these words, these were the very words of God. And I do believe that when we read the Bible, we want to read it with that same reverence that this is the word of God. When the word says not to do, that I want to hear it as God says not to do. When the word says this is what you should do, I want to receive it in that same way. This is what the Bible says I should be doing. Be careful of having the attitude when someone tells you what the scripture says and you don't receive it from God. You say, oh, they're they're trying to tell me what to do or they're directing me. These are God's words and they're supposed to inform us and instruct us as children of God. And so there was a reverence to the word of God. All these are the beginnings of revival that's going to take place in the hearts and lives of these people. Look at verse six now. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. So Ezra is just giving glory to God. He blesses God. Then all the people answered, "Amen, Amen," while lifting up their hands and bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The third thing I wrote down is that they um, they the, they worshipped in response to the Lord to the word with humility. They they worshipped. In response to the word with humility, Uh, they follow Ezra's lead. He blessed the Lord. They said, yes, amen, amen. They agreed with him. And then they took the lowest physical posture possible. They bowed down their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces on the ground. And so the, the idea was this, as they put themselves all the way on the ground, they're saying, I'm putting God way up. God is as high up as possible. Um, It was putting themselves in a physical place of humility before the Lord. I do believe that that's something that spending time in God's word should bring about uh, a humility in our lives. I don't think that spending time in God's word should cause us to be more prideful. It should cause us, this should bring about brokenness, which we'll see that in a little bit. It also should bring about just a humility as I understand how great God is, and it should bring me to a place of worship, but also of humility. Um, so, you know, one thing you can if you can tell if someone's been with God, someone that's been with God and been in his word and been taking it in, it's not going to be a prideful, arrogant person. They're going to be humble because that's what being close to God will do. You find someone that's prideful and full of themselves. You have found someone that is far from God, that has not spent much time near him. You will not spend time in nearness to the Lord and come away proud of yourself. You get the closer we get to God, the more we become aware of how wretched we are, how much work we need. And we're just grateful that he'll have us. We're grateful that he loves us anyway, but we're not prideful. That's that's not what would that won't result in being close To the Lord. And so they worship the Lord in response to the word with great humility, faces on the floor. Verse seven, some more names here. Also, Jeshua, Benai, Shariba, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hudja, Messiah, um, um, Messiah, Kaleida, Kaleida. Sound like a black girl name. Sorry. Um, Azariah, Josbad, Hanan, Peliah. These are the Levites. And it says, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. And so th- this, this group of names that I just butchered, these were people that went with him, with the Levites and the people were broken up into smaller groups. And they went around and explained to them what they were hearing. They took six hours of the law in and they don't necessarily understand how it works. And so there were these people that were helping them to understand what was being read, what was being shared with them. And so um, that's the place many times of spiritual leadership within a church. The, the job of good spiritual leadership is going to be to help people to understand what God has said or what God is saying. And so that's what they were going around and doing, uh, helping people to understand. Now in verse eight, we get one of the clearest pictures in scripture of what we seek to do as a church in terms of expository teaching. Um, We're gonna see how they broke down the word of God. Look at verse eight, it says, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. So they did three things. Number one, they they read distinctly from the law. That's what we seek to do. We we try to go through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse, and we read through the scripture. So we're we're not making it up, we're reading it before the people. Then it says they gave the sense. Uh, the idea here is that they 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 explained, they gave interpretation of what they were reading. They gave the sense. And then it says they help them to understand the reading. And we believe this will be uh, of giving application. They gave appropriate application to the word. And again, we we seek to do the very same thing. Read through the text, chapter by chapter, book by book, verse by verse. Um, Give sound biblical interpretation of what we're reading and then give appropriate application. What do we do with what we have read? What do we do with what God has said in a particular book? And so... That's what they're doing here. They're taking people through the word for the first time in a very long time, and they're reading the word, giving interpretation, and giving uh, direction, how to apply what they're reading to their lives. And anybody that's listening to this, and you've had your life changed by the word of God, you know that's how it happened. As you heard the word, as you understood the word, and as you found proper application to the word. Our lives begin to take on a whole new direction, a whole new focus. Everything changes. And so that's what God is doing here is the people of God have been brought back into their area. They're back. The walls are built up. Now the temple is built. And now they now they got the word of God being taught to them so that they could know what the Lord wants them to do, how they how he wants them to live. And so um, Ezra is doing his part. This is the spiritual work. That has taken place. Verse nine, it says, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord. Your God, do not mourn nor weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And so the initial response to everybody when they heard the word was that they they wept they were they were i mean imagine the sadness and the brokenness of realizing that we've been disobedient to the lord for a long time as they're reading the law they're realizing that the things that happened to us happened because we've been disobedient to the word our our trials have been our own fault and so they were just bummed and they were mourning and they were weeping as they realized what a life apart from God's word, what, what, what it's brought about. And maybe for many of us, maybe as we first were introduced to the Lord and we realized, man, I real-, that's some of the first things you realize how, how off you've been, how, how many things you were doing that were wrong, how many things were not what God intended. And it can be kind of a, a, a it can make you sad. It could grieve your heart that, man, look at what I was doing. But I want you to note that they don't get left in that place, they they don't they don't get left in the place of mourning. They're told, "Do not mourn nor weep." Why? Why not? Why Why not mourn or weep? Because that's not what God wanted, right? That great that the the initial response is you realize that you were out of compliance with the Lord. Is you wept, you know? And so, uh, verse nine. Uh, the, this is the the fourth. Uh, f- the, I'm sorry the the fourth thing is that there was brokenness in response to God's word. That's a good thing, but just don't get stuck there. It's a bad place to get stuck as a believer looking backwards at what you used to be. Feeling bad about what you used to because you can't do anything about the errors of the past. So you can be broken, but you got to get back up from there. The Apostle Paul said it best. He said, forgetting the things which are behind me. Because behind Paul was dead Christians, jailed Christians. He had done a lot of damage. He said, forgetting the things that are behind me, I'm pressing forward to the things which are ahead. I'm reaching for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we want to do. Forget about what you did back there. It's washed away in the blood of Jesus if you're a believer. Don't live there, but you look forward. And so they mourned, they grieved, and then they were told, stop it. Don't mourn nor weep. And look at verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. And then it, this verse that we hear oftentimes, here's the context for it. For the joy of the Lord is your strength is what they're told. They said, they're told Look, to stop mourning. I want you guys to get up. This is a good day. The fact that you guys are aware that you sin, good. Now get up. Um, I want you to go eat the fat, drink the sweet. I want you to get food and give it to people that have nothing prepared. I want you to go. It's a feasting time. Go bless people that don't have anything prepared for them. And he said, this day is not a day of sorrow. Um, this day is holy to the Lord. And he says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we need to remember that as believers, there is. There's a strength in joy that can't be taken away. And God's joy is different than happiness.
0: Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Nehemiah. When you get to know this book more in depth, you realize the admirable type of man Nehemiah was, leaving a position of luxury to serve and defend the people and nation he was originally a part of. He was exemplary in his faith. His prayers offered to God as a steering reminder of how he put the Lord above all else. Prayer can be such a powerful tool to utilize in our time as well. We want you to know that we're praying for you. If there's ever anything you'd like us to pray for specifically, please reach out to us by calling 310-245-4811. You can call or text. That number again is 310-245-4811. 4811. You're welcome to join us for church this weekend too. Check out service information for Calvary Chapel Inglewood on our website calvaryenglewood.org. calvaryinglewood.org. We're also offering online services, so look on our website or join our live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can get links on our website too. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, be sure to check out more of Pastor Bill's messages from this and other books of the Bible. Just look under the Media tab for additional messages to listen to, download, or share with others. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time as Pastor Bill looks at more from the book of Nehemiah. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word.